Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. We're broadcasting today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel from foggy, wintry Sacramento, California. Here is an interesting, if not sometimes uncomfortable subject that really needs to be looked at now and then for those on a spiritual path. Today, we're asking an important question. Is it a good day to die? And is it the soul's choice? That's a good question. Whether you've grown up in certain Native American or other indigenous cultures, or on a different level, you're a fan of Star Trek, you may have heard of this sentiment. It's a good day to die. Can you say that in Klingon? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Often thought of as a war cry to inspire warriors to go into battle, the statement can be an acceptance of the transient nature of this world. It may not be quite the same as easy come, easy go, but it has been used as a way to welcome the new day and the acceptance that anything could happen. When used by warriors, it was often an acceptance that they were warriors and they had to welcome the new day knowing that they may not see the end of it. Yet, they were celebrating life nonetheless. Even if we're not gearing up for battle, the statement as an acceptance and welcoming of a new day or a new venture gives us a more positive perspective in facing the unknown. We're willing to move forward rather than being afraid and holding on to the familiar past. In spirit, there is no fear. In the same way, there can be no darkness in the light. We perceive darkness when we turn away from the light or in some way obscure the light from our vision. We experience fear when we separate ourselves from the wholeness that is spirit. Until we become aware and experience that we are eternal spirit, we fear death as the end of our being. Fear is a fallacy, an illusion, and never true. Yet, fear is a good tell. Whenever we experience it, we can be certain that we have separated from spirit that is whole, limitless, and timeless. Fear reminds us that we must turn our awareness Back to spirit. We are spirit, not a body. Spirit is forever. Bodies are born and they eventually die. So many people live their lives as if the purpose for life is to avoid death at all costs. Yet, from the moment we are born into our new incarnation here in this world, life gives us every opportunity to learn about how to die correctly. For us as immortal souls, learning to die is learning to forgive and let go. Everything in this world is constantly changing. 
not an atom stays the same. As everything in this world changes, we must learn to let those changes be and move on. We learn to not cry or obsess over spilled milk or anything that's already happened, hopefully. (laughs) We learn what's important is what we choose next. Well, my teacher used to throw in his most profound teachings in the middle of pretty mundane conversations like about who's going to win the World Series or about the ins and outs of industrial rag business. <laughs> and often he'd start with, hey, Tamora. <laughs> I knew whenever he, he yelled out, hey, Tamora, something's big going to come back. <laughs> come on. <laughs> and, and one such start very early on in my training, he continued the, hey, Tamora with, did you know you have a choice and how you wish to die. Well, that one definitely struck a chord. It actually struck me right between the eyes, Mm. (laughs) like with a two-by-four, and my thought process stopped for a few moments. It had the effect of like a Zen koan. I always knew I had a choice in how how I wished to live, What I had never considered before Lewis asked me that question was that I might have a choice in how I wished to die. I don't think I had thought about dying that much until he asked that question. I had just turned 21. Quite a young age to ask a question like that. He didn't stop at just asking that question. He continued with, You can choose to die in pain and suffering, like most people do. Or you can choose to die in love and have peace with yourself. I remember that it was a no-brainer to me. Immediately, I chose to die in love and have peace with myself. I remember just going, yep, that's my choice. What I didn't know at the time was that making that choice put me on the path that I've been on ever since. That decision paved the path I was to walk and provided the experiences I've had through which I learned what I learned. Ever since I made that decision, I've been learning how to die correctly. So when the time comes for my departure from here, I'll do so in love and at peace with myself. In fact, that decision shaped the way I approach every crossroads, every new decision I make, since dying is just letting go of what I used to believe in and moving forward in truth. I figured that if we have to practice practically every day to be able to master playing the piano or singing or anything else in life, how much more important it would be to practice dying every day. And I've learned so far that letting go or forgiving any judgment, blame, or other illusion I've held in my mind against anyone or anything is the most important part of that practice of mastery. 
in the many times that I faced the very good likelihood of my physical demise, <laughs> I've definitely had the opportunities to think to myself, yep, it's a good day to die. The more I've come to experience each day as a good day to die, the more joy I've come to experience in living. When we offer the prospects of dying and loss to the light of truth, it burns away the layers of unconscious fear that we hold in our mind and we're liberated from them. It's truly our choice to commend our spirit to God or to condemn it. The former brings about the experience of eternal life and the latter, the illusion of the fear of loss and death. It's not that I never experienced fear. I've experienced fear quite a bit. But when I do experience any fear, I first turn my awareness toward the limitless and the timelessness of spirit. It's like finding darkness and I turn it toward the light and it evaporates into what it really is. Nothing. Each time I do so, I find that experiences that I used to be afraid of no longer affect me in that way. To me, it's a good day to die means that it's a good day to let go of any fear and celebrate life instead. The challenging part of letting go of fear, however, is that most fear we hold onto, we do so in unconsciousness. So most of the time, we're being afraid, we don't allow ourselves to know it. People tend to think of fears like the fear of heights or spiders or darkness that seem obvious to them because they feel the fear when they encounter those things. Yet every judgment we hold that we might feel entitled to hold, right? When, we, when we're judging, we feel entitled to judge. It's obvious. Well, that person's a bad person. <laughs> or this is a horrible movie, whatever, right? And that entitlement of that judgment is based on fear. Every time we resist or defend ourselves against something, we, we're doing so in fear. When I become aware that I'm resisting something, I practice asking my intuitive knowingness what I'm afraid of. It's never what I consciously think I might fear. The antidote for fearing is loving. Whenever I'm loving, any fear I might be experiencing disappears. Once again, darkness can't be in the light. Whenever we experience fear, we're holding on. We're, we're withholding, holding back our loving. So what are we refusing to love? It's only when we're withholding our loving that we need to forgive. As long as we are not willing to forgive, we'll be in fear. So I wanted to share also my story of It's a Good Day to Die. It happened quite a number of years ago, sometime I think in the 
early to mid-1990s, um, I had just attended an incredible church service, which um, back then I did a lot of, and it was one of those very inspired church services where uh, meditations were included, and I felt a real connection with spirit and with God. And when the church service was over, everyone spilled out onto the front lawn of the church and were milling around, and all of a sudden, this very loud, so loud sound that we couldn't even talk to each other started to happen. It was like a roar, and the ground started to shake, but it wasn't an earthquake. The sound sounded very artificial, and it got louder and louder and louder, and everyone stopped and looked in the direction from whence the sound came. (laughs) A small child about three years old climbed up me and held tight to me, And I remember thinking that day, here I was dressed nicely, I felt such a great connection with God, it was a beautiful day, and I thought, well, whatever that sound is, if it's going to blow up and kill all of us, it's a good day to die. And I really meant it with all my heart. I was at complete peace with myself, and I figured, I wasn't really figuring anything at the time, but afterwards... On ruminating on it, I figured out that where I was is where I'd like to be when it's my time to gently lay the body aside when my life is over. And this was quite a significant experience for me because I discovered at that time as well as another time when I was in a very major car accident and I thought maybe I would die, I actually had some amusement because in the back of my brain, as the accident was happening, I thought, oh, no, when I get to the other side, I have to say I died in a car accident. And, oh, what what a cliche how <laughs> to die. So anyway, it's a good day to die it simply means it's a good day to let go, whether you're going to let go of the body or let go of something that you've been holding against someone or something you've been Uh, disliking yourself about or anything. Dying is just a letting go. Also, when we come in or incarnate as souls, our pre-incarnation, most people give themselves a window of opportunity to leave this life if the going gets too rough for them. I want to make it clear I'm not talking about suicide, but Scheduled accidents or illnesses, scheduled meaning it's kind of all set up for us as we come into our life. (laughs) Yes, I like to schedule an accident. (laughs) Yeah, that allow us to leave if we want to. Even some, not all, but some of the crib deaths that happen, as, as they are called, go in this category. The soul isn't ready, after all, for their incarnation. So they go back to the in-between life until they are ready once again. So if you've ever met someone who is real commitment shy, (laughs) this person may have gone through an experience like this as well. Most of the time, this is absolutely no reflection, by the way, on the parents if the the baby dies a crib death. But occasionally it is uh, karmic. The The soul arrives, so to speak, in their new body and decides the energy is too rough or they are not happy with being here and they choose to leave. 
In fact, all babies have this option. So if you were born under less than ideal circumstances and yet you are still here, that says a lot about your strength and commitment to actually go through with an incarnation which is less than ideal to start with. So hey, give yourself some credit. You're here for a good reason, and as you wake up to it, your so-called incarnation starts to take on a quality that is quite exquisite. And one of the ways I can kind of validate that is the aftermath of one of my near, my only near-death experience was that I really felt good about reviving in my life, so to speak, and moving on. So I was talking about babies born in less than ideal circumstances, like children who are born only to end up in a garbage bin, or like one of our advanced students who was born in the middle of a bombing raid in England during World War II. It takes a lot of guts and commitments to stay in a life that starts out this way. But the soul sticks with it because he or she has a greater opportunity for growth and spiritual progress in their lifetime. Yes, sometimes it's karmic, but it's still the soul's choice to stay with it. But what if it's a good day to die? It's living each day aware in forgiveness and completion. It's starting to know that if we practice loving and being the love that we are, we eventually will lay the body aside, as I mentioned earlier, for our last time and we no longer need to reincarnate. Rather, we merge back to the oneness that we have always been a part of without the need to come back. Well, our first break is coming up and we have a brand new offering for you. This Saturday, January 11th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time, we'll launch our seven our set of seven teleclasses in our ongoing series, Your Psychic Abilities in Everyday Life. What are they? How do they affect you? And what to do with them? The first class will be on your telepathy, what to do with all the thoughts that you have. This is part of our ongoing series of teleclasses. You might be more psychic than you think, developing your soul abilities for your spiritual growth and fulfillment. We welcome you to join us. It's a great way to start off your new year. Find out all the details and sign up on our website events calendar section, michaeltamora.com, or call our office at 1-530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. We'll return in a couple of minutes and we'll continue with A Good Day to Die, The Soul's Choice. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join host Marla Goldberg each week for guided spirit conversations. This show puts you, the listener, in touch with some exciting guests. Hear how they've helped others and find out how you can help too through Marla's charity shoutouts. Are you ready to shift your current life experience? We've got tips, tools, and techniques designed to help you get started. Guided Spirit Conversations can be heard Thursdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in every week for Inspired Chi Radio with A.J. Johnsack and Tracy Sanginetti. Do you sometimes feel like you have no direction? 
Every one of us is a soul with a body, not the other way around. Discover your talent and purpose. Tracy and AJ help you create your most authentic life and master your powerful, positive energy using modalities like hypnosis, tarot, and your own individual Akashic records. Join us live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's great to have you back. Let's continue with our exploration of A Good Day to Die, The Soul's Choice. So taking this question literally, a friend of ours recently, her father passed and died on January 1st, 2020. And was that a good day for him to die? Yes, it most certainly was. And it was his choice as a soul. Just as with my own father, he was born in 1990 and passed away in 1991. Which is a little switch around of numbers. I thought that was interesting. Sometimes you'll see interesting little, uh, let's say, numbers and and uh, signs that that soul's choice was ab- absolutely correct for them, uh, as far as a good day for them to pass. Michael, I understand you have a few questions. I, I mean, a few stories. I have all kinds of questions <laughs> too. Stories to tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when you were talking and uh, uh, about your experience before when that rumbling was happening and everything, yeah. and you were looking at the possibility that, oh, the whole place is going to blow up and you're going to go with it. I've had quite a few opportunities to, uh, <clears throat> to uh, look at, oh, yeah. This could be it. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of times, actually, in my life. And now that I look back at all, all those different times where I'm just looking at, okay, this could be it. I'm realized, oh, yeah, that's been my path of looking at, okay, is this it? And each time it gets better. Each time it's easier to make that decision. Yeah, this is a good day to die. Because what's not a good day to die? Oh, uh, it's not a good day to die when, when you got a lot of regrets. You got a lot of, you know, you're hung up on a lot of things from the past, right? And, or you're, well, when you're worried about the future, it's because you're hung up on the past. And you don't want whatever you're hung up on the past to be repeated in the future. <laughs> and you go, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Oh, oh, no, please don't let me go there. And you're always looking when you're afraid of the future. You're looking at the past of what you're unresolved about, what you're afraid about still. 
and holding on to, or you're you're not done with. You're you're just going no, you know you did it to me, and and I'm I'm not gonna rest until I get back at you. Whatever. Isn't that interesting? That's the only time we're not ready to die is we're holding on to something in the past and worried about the future. Worried about the future could be, but I haven't completed my bucket list. I haven't checked off everything off my bucket list. So, no, I can't go now. Ah, Then you can't make that decision. Hey, today's a good day to die. Well, one of the times that I remember very clearly looking at that is right before my second near-death experience, I won't tell the whole story because I've told it a couple times on the show, previous shows, and I'm in the ambulance, and I'm li- I like this young guy who's attending to me, and at first I figured, you know, everybody who attends to somebody in the back of an ambulance is, is a paramedic. And so... But I'm looking at his face and I am going, I like this kid, you know? And, and that's what he was. He's just kid. I thought he was like a sophomore in high school. That's how young he looked to me. I must be getting old. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but what I liked about him is he was totally sincere. He was earnest. He wasn't going to, you know, mess up. He was like, he's got Hawkeyes just looking at me and monitoring every little heartbeat and everything. So I, I'm going, hey, I'm in good hands, you know. If it were a veteran, he might have been a lot more, you know, careless, like talking about his golf tournament coming up or whatever with the front guy. And no, but this guy's on just paying attention to everything that's going on with me. And he's kind of sweating because, you know, I'm I'm not in the place of stability at that point. And... Um, they're trying to get me to the hospital over a mountain pass before I croak. <laughs> and so so uh, I want to reassure him. So I'm in this great place. I'm in love. I'm in a loving space. And I'm at peace with myself. And um, I'm looking at him and I feel like, oh, he needs some reassurance. So I, I remember the last thing I that came out of my mouth before I died was, <laughs> hey, don't worry, I'm not going to croak on you. And I was making light of the whole thing that he was, you know, really uh, stressed about. Well, of course, I flatline right after those words come out of my mouth. And as soon as I'm on the other side, I'm in this I'm wonderful place. I'm in this wonderful transition. Not like many some of the other deaths I've been through where I'm instantly transported to a completely different space on a different level I have this uh, the typical part where people are leaving their physical body and experiencing the physical world here except as spirit and so I go through the ceiling of the of the um, uh, ambulance and I'm outside, and I get to look at Raphael driving in the car behind me. All those things. But I'm in this joyous state. I'm so happy. I'm laughing. And, and of course, I kind of get 
that Raphael's really stressed and she's just, you know, gripping that steering wheel, navigating her big SUV at what about 80 miles an hour behind the ambulance on these hairpin turns on the mountain pass, (laughs) trying to stay up, keep up with the ambulance. And, but hey, I'm not in that place at all. It's, it's like that. This is, this is the part where many people don't understand when they blame God. You know, they go, God, I needed you and you weren't there for me. How could you abandon me? And all that stuff. People, people make that up in their mind. That's not the, where they're, I understand where, where they're coming from because they're in a dire straits. They're afraid. They're in pain. Whatever's going on with them. And they're looking to God saying, God, you know, where are you? Uh, why are you letting me stay in this miserable place? Why don't you do something? <laughs> you know, help me. I'm asking for help. Why aren't you doing anything? Well, this is the experience in spirit. There is no fear. There is no pain. There is no darkness. There's no unhappiness, depression, anything like that. That's all in one's mind. And so when I was in spirit before I moved into a different dimension of spirit, different dimension of, let's say, existence of the mind. I'm looking at the physical world, but I'm totally not of it. I'm still aware of it, but I'm not of it. I'm not part of it. And so my experience doesn't involve anything as spirit out of the body and still in this seemingly this physical world, but I'm not of it, not in the least. There's absolutely no experience of fear. There's no pain. There's no worries. So I'm just in complete joy looking at someone I love and Instead of feeling sympathy and, oh, poor Raphael, it's like, hey, Raphael, it's a great day to die. <laughs> I'm over here. I'm waving. Well, fortunate for me, she's clairvoyant. And she feels the attention from me above the ambulance. And she looks up and sees me. And you know what her reaction was? <laughs> she's sh- shaking her fist at me. <laughs> <laughs> the only time she took one, you know, death grip off of the steering wheel while she's driving, she takes her hand off the steering wheel and she forms a fist and she's shaking it at me. <laughs> and all I could do was, I was joyous. I was laughing and I was thinking, oh, she's thinking, you know, uh, I'm going to kill you if you die on me. <laughs> and so I'm making up this joke in my head. And, of course, that's not what I was thinking at all. I just didn't want him to die at that time. Yes. <laughs> so we're in completely different worlds. And I was totally in the world of spirit, if you will, where those thoughts, those worries, those fears, those pain, those 
unhappiness levels don't exist. Whereas she was still experiencing that in this physical world, in the body, and just, you know, her beloved person, his husband is about to, because she knows, she's clever when she sees me as spirit leaving. What's that mean? That means, oh, I'm going, right? I might come back because this was the second time this happened. So she's been through this before, but but that's no guarantee. Just because I came back the last time doesn't mean I'm going to come back this time. And this time, situations were physically much, much worse than the first time. I didn't think so, but but <laughs> <laughs> medically it would be seem so. So anyway, so when you have that experience, it helps. But you don't have to physically kick the bucket. You know, please don't try this at home. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> no, it's it's not something to take lightly and go, okay, I'm going to s- jump off of a bridge or, or stand in front of a speeding train just to see, you know, what would happen. Well, no, that can, would be ridiculous. I can tell you what will happen. You'll come right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so, and do you really want to go through all that just to, experience that to come back in another life uh, as a baby being born again going uh, through childhood oh and going through childhood going through a whole set of new parents and new family that's a lot of work <laughs> so no at the same time you could you can make that decision oh yes I'm I'm ready to die and when I do, I like to be in a most loving place and totally at peace with myself. And when, when I made that decision when I was 21, just turned 21, that's what, 45 years ago. I've been living that decision ever since. And it's not because of that decision that I've had five near-death experiences. So don't worry about that. When you make a decision like that, it's not doesn't mean you're going to go through near-death experiences. No. Because you're going to have the opportunities to look at every choice you make while you're here. And as you make those choices... How are you making those choices? Are you making choice from anger or depression, sadness, grief, you know, torment, agony, anxiety, worries? Or are you making the decision? You know what? I'm making a big step here. I I don't know what's going to happen to me. That's, That's dying, isn't it? Whether you're looking at your primary relationship with someone that you've lived with and been married to for tons of years and what's going to happen or you're looking at going from high school to college yeah it's still school but it's not the same and especially if you're going to travel you're going to leave the home you grow up in and your family and their direct everyday support And you're going to be in a different state, different city at least, on your own, maybe for the first time. Or you've lived in one place for many, many years, but 
because of your work or whatever, you're going to have to move lock, stock, and barrel. Those are big decisions that, you know, we all have to make these kinds of decisions during life here. And each one is, oh, yeah, is this a good day to die? Is this a good day to let go of life as I know it up to now? Isn't that what death is? Because in spirit, even if you don't know it, in spirit, you never die. That's not even a question. But, oh, your body could be no more. Uh huh. This body could be no more. But if you have ever experienced, oh, I've been around before. I'm going to be back. Different body, different time, different society, perhaps. But life goes on, one way or the other. Yeah, it goes on just in spirit, or it goes on back in the body called reincarnation. Okay, so regardless of what happens, even when you know there's life after death, and it continues on, you still don't know exactly what's going to happen, right? Yeah, so that's, that's the practice of learning how to die correctly is every time you make a major decision or you come to the crossroads to make such a decision, you have to realize, oh yeah, life goes on regardless of the outcome of my decision. The next decision I make, life is going to go on. And what are we afraid of? Well, what's going to happen is you know, are the conditions of my life going to get worse if I make the wrong decision? Huh. What's better or worse? That's judgment. And what are you comparing that judgment to? Oh, I used to have more money before I made this decision. Or I, I felt better before I made this decision. Or I was healthier before I made this decision. Or, you know, my relationship was going better before I made this decision. Okay, that can happen, but you're comparing it with something that happened before. You're not letting it go. That's what judgment is. You're not letting go. You're saying, this thing that happened in the past was better than what's happening to me now. Uh, how I felt yesterday was better than how I feel today, whatever the situation. So, letting that go. It's a good day to die. Well... We're at our second break, so be sure to jot this down. We will be in Longmont, Colorado next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, Saturday, January 18th, and this is 2020, by the way, and Sunday, January 19th. Start off 2020 with a powerfully illuminating weekend to explore your out-of-body psychic experiences and astral life. On Saturday, Michael will be teaching, Where Do You Go When You Go to Sleep?, waking up to your out-of-body experiences. Then on Sunday, he'll teach who are you when you're in heaven, getting more out of your life in the spirit realms. Each day, the seminar will be from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Marriott Residence in Boulder, uh, Longmont, Colorado. So it's really Longmont, Colorado. It's the Residence in 
Boulder, but it's in Longmont, Colorado. For details to sign up, go online to michaeltamora.com or better, call our office at 1-530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday, and talk to our wonderful assistant, Noel, who will take good care of you. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of A Good Day to Die, The Soul's Choice. See you in a couple of minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get ready for High Vibin' It with hosts Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida. This is an all-new look at self-empowerment and lifestyle design. If you're still trying to figure out the law of attraction, spirituality, self-love, and more, we'll break it down for you. You can create the life of your dreams and own your power. Listen for High Vibin' It. We're live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This will be one hour you will make time for. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back. So, is it a good day to die? As souls, do we have a choice in our dying? That's our topic for today. Let's continue. Well, in the first section of this radio show, I was talking about the day uh, when I was living in San Jose and I heard that incredible roaring sound after a church service, as did everybody else who were in that church service and in the entire neighborhood. Everybody poured out onto the streets and I never finished the ending of that story in case you were curious about it, because here I am. I obviously didn't die when that happened, although I did decide that was a good day to die if that were to happen that day. And what it was, was at least this is what the newspaper said. You you never know. I think (laughs) fake news is not a new thing. But first off, that roaring sound and the ground shaking, and it really it wasn't shaking quite like an earthquake, but you could hear the vibe, feel the vibration under the feet and through the air. It was quite something else. Well, buried in about the fifth page of the newspaper the next day, because I really wanted to find out what it was, and we didn't have uh, the kind of internet you have now where, where everything is instant news, 
the article said something to the effect of, um, now this was in San Jose, California, and it said that in Gilroy, California, which is quite a number of miles away, underground, there was a test, a missile test, a missile engine test that lasted five minutes, and that was why the ground shook in San Jose. And that was the only explanation we ever heard about it, and there was a, sort of a blackout. There was nothing else about it. What kind of missile? What? what? <laughs> a missile? What? <laughs> and again, that was in the 1990s. So um, finding a way to die or finding a good day to die, <laughs> not a way to die. We don't want to find a way to die, not till we're ready. But finding that it's a good day to die is a really important thing to be aware of. And Michael has a, a lot to say about that. Yes. What I wanted to give you today because uh, we do get uh, uh, feedback from all of you, and a lot of you enjoy when I do this little short meditation practice exercise for, for that particular topic. So this one's a good one. Those of you who'd like to join in, just go ahead and sit comfortably in the chair with both feet flat on the floor and close your eyes. Don't do this if you're driving. <laughs> yes. Don't do this, do this later. <laughs> or if you're if you're operating heavy equipment or anything like that or flying an airplane, don't do this. <laughs> you could do it later from the download. Okay. So close your eyes, give yourselves a deep breath. Ah. And as usual, just imagine the tree trunk you're sitting on. Just imagine you're sitting on this giant tree trunk. And relax. Let the tree trunk support you energetically. And then imagine that tree trunk connected to your first chakra, the energy center, like a disk of energy, just above the tip of your tailbone inside your body. Imagine that and connect it. And now the tree trunk you're sitting on is connected to your first chakra. And the other end, the bottom of the tree trunk, goes all the way to the center of the earth. And it's anchored in to the very center of the earth. And just imagine the center of the earth, however way you would see the center of your earth, center of the earth. Ah, okay. And just relax, give yourselves another deep breath. Now, next, would you be aware in the center of your head? Just decide that you are aware in the center of your head. And just be aware. Notice the subtle shifts that happen in your consciousness, in your energy, in your space, as you do each of these things. And doing these things on a psychic level requires absolutely not a molecule of effort. So when you practice anything in meditation, notice if you're trying to do something, if you're, you know, like, tensed up if you're pushing, if you're concentrating, I'm going to do this and how do I do this? Like that, that's effort. Mental effort. Let go of all the effort. Just decide. Be aware. Okay, just you're deciding, I'm aware in the center of my head. And you don't even have to use any words, just be there. Ah, The simpler you make this, the more effective. Okay? And the less effort you put into any of this, the more effective. If you start to put effort into trying to do it, it's not going to work. Okay? All right. 
So give yourselves a deep breath. You're grounded from the first chakra to the center of the earth with that big tree trunk. You're in the center of your head, aware and neutral. Just letting your experience just be as it is. No matter what you feel, what you think, what you see, what you hear, anything, just let it all be. At this moment, you don't have to do a thing about it. You don't have to try to change anything, fix anything. Just letting it be. That's being neutral, is you're not engaging with anything that goes on in your awareness. You're just being in the center of your, center of your head, aware. And letting it just pass through. Okay. So then, be aware of earth energy flowing in through your feet chakras, through your leg channels, into your first chakra. And then the cosmic energy coming in from your crown chakra at the top of your head, flowing down four channels down your back. Again, no trying, no effort. Just decide, okay, that's what's happening and Imagine it. Imagine those channels and the energy flowing down into the first chakra. The mixture of the first, the cosmic and earth energies, about 85% cosmic, 15% earth energy, goes up for two channels going up the middle of the body in front of your spinal column, all the way to the top, to the crown chakra, and it flows out. Imagine it flowing out the top of the crown chakra like a beautiful golden fountain, this very fine golden fountain, continuous energy. The energy flow also branches out across the shoulders, down the arms, and flows out the palms of your hands through your hand chakras, the energy centers in your hands. Okay, so that's that's the whole thing for grounding, running your energy, being in the center of your head. That's kind of the basis when you first start to meditate this way. Okay, now give yourselves another deep breath. Enjoy. Be in a little amusement. Smile. You're on cosmic camera (laughs) 24-7. And as you're in the center of your head, now I'd like you to imagine an image of a rose right in front of your forehead, about a foot in front of your forehead. Just imagine a nice rose hanging out there, imaging. All right? Now, just imagine that rose exploding. Ah. So first you imagine the rose appearing and then imagine the rose exploding. Imagine the rose appearing and imagine the rose exploding. Ah. And when you imagine that rose exploding, imagine it exploding in a flash of light. Imagine that flash of light like a fireworks. Right? Ah, now imagine another image of a rose in front of your forehead. And these could be same or similar or it could be completely different each time. Try it out. All right. And then explode. Imagine exploding that rose. Again, there's no effort. You don't have to, you know, bear down to explode it or concentrate to see it. No, just imagine there's a rose. Just like when you remember, you know, what's your car look like? And you go, oh, my car looks like this. You, you're imagining it in your mind and, and seeing it. Yeah. Same thing with the rose. Imagine that rose, however way you like it, and then imagine it exploding. So this is a very important 
aspect of your ability as spirit to create and destroy. Now, imagine another image of a rose. And this time, whatever thought you have in your head, right? Whatever thought that's going on, uh, especially when you, you, this is appropriate when, when you're facing a big decision and like worries. Well, what am I going to do if I, uh, what if I don't, you know, get the job? What if I can't get there? What if uh, I don't have enough money? What if I, you know, all those kinds of worries and thoughts and fears that come up? Ah, when they come up, don't engage with them and try to figure it out, right? These are just things like popcorn popping out of your head. And just let it come out, put it into the rose, and then once you put the thought, you put the image, you put the feeling, whatever it is that pops up, that normally you would try to engage and try to figure it out and solve it and all that and doesn't do any good, just put it in the rose and then imagine the whole thing exploding. Yeah. So any kind of worries as the rose show up, uh, put a rose up and then put it in and then explode the whole thing. Let it go. And just sit with it for a moment. Be in the center of your head. Give yourselves a deep breath. Okay, what happens? Huh. Well, just because you you blow up that worry one time doesn't mean you don't have other worries, right? But so then you imagine another rose and any other worries that come up, just put it in the rose. Instead of what you might have used to do is think about it and obsess about it. No, just decide it's a good day to die. You're not going to obsess about anything. You're going to put it into the rose and then explode it. As you practice this more and more and on a regular basis, every time these thoughts get in the way of you really making a creative decision of what it is that you really like to uh, bring forth, okay? The stuff, especially past, oh, but the last time this happened to me, oh, it was terrible, all that kind of stuff. Let it go, put it into the rose, and imagine the rose exploding. And it neutralizes all those energies of those thoughts and those feelings and those images in your mind. Huh, You'll notice over time, the more you do this, oh, the less intense those thoughts become and the less they occupy your mind. And pretty soon, you start to have that space of peace. Oh, but in the beginning, you're going to have all kinds of thoughts going on, especially when you're up against a wall or, you know, in a difficult situation. Just clear all that out of the way. Just put it in the rose, explode it. And then from the center of your head, as you're neutral, letting everything be and get into a little amusement. Ah, this is part of my reminder. Is it a good day to die? Yes. If you could laugh about it, if you could be happy. Yeah. Okay. No regrets. But, ah, you'll start to notice all those regrets coming. No, I can't do this because... It's not about physical death necessarily. No, I can't get a new job because blah, 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 blah. blah. And because, and last time, and this and that, the other thing, all that stuff, put it in the rose and explode it. And pretty soon, your mind gets quieter and quieter. And you start to see, oh, it gets brighter and brighter and lighter. Huh. And you'll notice, oh, it's easier to be happy regardless and you start to access that joyousness of spirit, 
that's already within you all the time, that all these different worries and thoughts pull you out of that space. You, it gets you, makes you of this world instead of in it without being of this world. Kind of like what I experienced when I was going up. But you can have that while you're here. All right? So go ahead and imagine another rose and see if there's any other bothersome worries or thoughts, blaming and anger and things like that too, that you're going, do I really want this? No. Okay. Back to that lovingness and peace. Put it into that rose, all the other stuff, explode it. Now, imagine a giant gold sun and just bring in that gold sun from the top of your head, from the crown chakra, fill up your entire space of the body and all around it. And give yourselves a deep breath, stretch, bend on over and come on out by letting go of any excess energy. Yes, indeed. Once again, we've reached the end of our show. We're so grateful that you've chosen to join us today. We welcome you to tune in next Wednesday for our sure-to-be-fascinating show on the NDE, Why Does a Soul Come Back from Death? This whole season of our shows has been on the soul's perspective on life, and death is certainly a regular part of living here. Remember, too, that we'll be in Longmont, Colorado, Saturday, January 18th and Sunday, January 19th, and Michael will be teaching two powerful all-day seminars, Where Do You Go When You Go to Sleep and Who Are You When You're in Heaven? Get to know your astral life. Don't leave your body without it. For details and to sign up, go to our website events listing for January 2020. You can also sign up by calling our office at 1530-926-2650. Hope to see you in Longmont, Colorado. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We will see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. <laughs>